Penny University, a podcast with value. Penny University presents 2019 Moments on the Skin. Why do some of us get tattoos? Why does someone want to place a moment on their skin? Something that will always be there, reminding them of an event, a person, or even a thought. Listen as Deborah and Tony discuss what they know from their different sides of the tattoo. Episode 6. Hold fast. Episode 6. A prologue. You know, I never felt the need to even have a prologue on any of the other recordings, but for this one, I thought it was kind of important. You know, first, when you dive into this next episode, you are going to hear the tattoo needle. It's loud, then it becomes rhythmic. It sounds like bees, but then it becomes hypnotic. And I like the fact that we had to talk over it. It really gave essence to the episode, but I want you to be prepared. You'll hear the buzzing the whole time. And when I reflect back on sitting in Holdfast, sitting in this building down in the basement, I was truly an odd duck in this environment. Between the music, which we did turn off because I don't want any copyright issues. Thank you, Tony, for that. Um, thinking about that. But also to the things um, in the formaldehyde jars around the place, to the flash that's on the walls and the ceilings. It's really an overcoming feeling of color, uh, design, um, pictures, you name it, it's there. Um, the flashes everywhere. This place reminded me of an old school tattoo parlor in my head. Um, the one that would be on the wrong side of the tracks, like at the Pike in Long Beach when it existed. Yet it was modern with modern equipment. Um, but yet the modern equipment was still sitting on these refurbished typewriter tables that were totally cool. Now, don't take that as wrong. It was fascinating, um, clean. I felt comfortable that way. It did make me realize that it's not my atmosphere. Why didn't I feel that before? I was sitting in there twice for hours when Tony did my tattoos. Maybe it was because getting a tattoo is about what you're feeling. You know, kind of like EMDR in counseling where you're feel, hear, see, and everything at the same time. When you get a tattoo, you feel that pain on your skin. You're watching it. Um, your emotions are arise. When you're just sitting there recording, you have time to look around and, and really get into the atmosphere. Now, I know that out of pure kindness, Kenny, the owner of Holdfast, let me in. Kenny is a fan, uh, totally a fascinating guy. Um, as I was an odd duck out in this atmosphere, Kenny was someone who didn't particularly like to be recorded or have his photo taken. I am sure that the only reason he agreed to this was because of Tony. But honestly, between recording Kenny um, and the quiet times, before the recorder was on, Kenny would open up and share some great stuff. I wish I was a sneaky type and I could hit record without him knowing it, but that would have, wouldn't have been right. It would have wrecked the whole coolness of this atmosphere. So trust me, Kenny is a sweet but really odd cool cat. 
it's also made me realize how freaking awesome Tony is. That he would let this old lady bring him into her eclectic hobby. Maybe he did it out of respect for my son Andrew or just because he's a nice guy. Either way, I'm thankful he stepped out of his world into my living room and both of them let me step into their world. Listen intently. Kenny is quiet. The buzz is loud. I'm a little overwhelmed. Episode 6 is coming. Okay, so, Tony, what exactly are you getting? The, what is the tattoo? Uh, it's a tattoo for the neighborhood that we live in, that we've talked about several times here, the Bobcat neighborhood. Uh, it's called Diamond Valley. Uh, we're neighbors in that, well, nearly neighbors in that neighborhood. But also, Kenny grew up in Diamond Valley, so it was only fitting for him to put this thing on me. And also... Uh, your son Andrew wore a tattoo very similar. It was a diamond, also for Diamond Valley. So, yeah, we're, we're making it happen today. And we laugh that you have to be in Diamond Valley 10 years to get a tattoo. So I should get three. Right. <laughs> you get one and a half. Right. How long did you live in Diamond Valley, Kenny? Probably from 9 till 13, 14. Okay, so you should have a few there, too. Oh, let's yeah. yeah, let's get some tattoos. So... Um, you're getting it, and if, again, go to the Facebook page, you're getting it on your arm, and we've talked about the pain. I mean, you're earning this, right? Of course, yeah. I can't fake that. <laughs> and on the, um, as I came in this, uh, this evening, Kenny, you were drawing the tattoo itself on what looked like an iPad. Exactly. <laughs> is is it a software? Do you have a special software, or it's do you freehand it? It's a program we use to draw on the tablet. How did it used to be? Did you just paper and pencil? <laughs> paper and pencil? I've only been on the tablet for about four months now, maybe. And how long have you been tattooing? Twenty-two years. How have you seen the business change? Oh, it's changed a lot. You tattoo shops used to be scary to walk into. Now they're not. <laughs> okay, Kenny, so you said you have seen tattooing change, that it used to be scary and sketchy when you used to... Yeah, it was a lot different. Tattooing was way different when I started in the 90s. Where did you go? You were in this area. Where did you go to do that? I learned at Electric Needle in Prescott Valley. Okay, and when did you become a owner of a tattoo business. Oh, five, was it? Oh, five. Oh, five I opened up. What made you do that? What made you just... Wanted my own, wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it. What would you call your style? I knew, Tony, you said you are traditional, right? Uh, I do a lot of Japanese, but also some tr traditional American and kind of whatever all walks through the door. Right. What would, would you give yourself a label, Kenny, or I no? I do American traditional and Japanese as well. And then also, I've been tattooing so long I can do anything that walks in the door. Now, I know when I walked in the door, you guys are down in the basement. Is that on purpose? I wouldn't say it's on purpose. The shop just grew in that direction. We only had so much space up top. When we opened, Kenny and I were both upstairs. Uh, there was nothing built in the basement, and we had a boombox between us for music, like a CD slash tape player for oh music. Oh, my gosh, that's great. And it just, the shop just evolved that way. We needed more space, so we ended up downstairs. 
Well, as I sit here down in the basement, I see what, Tony, you educated me as flash right. on the walls. And is this all your art, Kenny, since we're sitting in your area, or is it well, just everybody's? Some of mine, mainly most of my friends are tattoo as well. Okay. Tony, you're in the other room. Right. Does everybody put their stuff on the walls? Or For the is most it... part. I, I would say both Kenny and, and my collections are spilling over at this point. So we have uh, a closet full of stuff, even originals. Uh, but most of the things you see on the wall are original paintings. There's a few prints, I guess. But Well, I've noticed the atmosphere. Now, we have tattoo artists upstairs. Right. And it's kind of jovial. You know, people come in. I hear people, you know, the door and... Um, people getting along, but when I've noticed when people get right down to it, they get quiet and into what they're doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Because it's it's just absolutely amazing how quickly this one piece of art, and we talked about it being a diamond for Diamond Valley, but it also has um, mountains in it, pine, and you said I believe a sunset. You guys were discussing now. The setup, as um, Kenny was drawing on the iPad, then it came out on paper, and he laid it on your skin, and it left an ink mark. Then he came over, and I noticed you just kind of built it in your mind, the colors that you would need. Is that, you know, you're just pretty typical? You put out all your colors, and... Yeah, and we discussed with the Antonio today how we wanted to do it. I guess as a normal client, we really discuss it, just do whatever you want to do. Yeah, everyone has their own way of making a tattoo. You, you get caught up in your processes over the years, and uh, it, everyone does it a different way, but you definitely kind of fall into your routines. And I noticed how um, strict you are. You have, the, you have gloves, you covered things, you... Um, made sure that things are appropriate. You have, um, is this like surgical dental, bib. dental bibs? I mean, I in no way feel like anything is unclean here. It's immaculate. And I think that's fantastic. Then you have your colors out. And what are you using the Vaseline for? What is that? To make the wiping easier, let my hand glide earlier to keep the stencil from smearing off. Okay. How does it feel? I want to know. Uh, it's a piece of cake. <laughs> is that why your face is no, red now? I'm only teasing. Is it? It's not bad at all. I, the, you're so quick. That's amazing. And so you are trying your best to get under how many layers of skin? Seven. Seven? Not going all the way through, yeah, you have seven. It goes about halfway. So three to four. Now, Kenny, you have a of course, a bunch of tattoos, and you just recently got one on your upper arm. What is? What was it that you had up there? A severed head. And you said it was a cover-up? Yeah. Do you find a lot of people come in and get cover-ups? Oh, yeah. I'm really good at doing cover-ups, too. Is it because either the color is fading or the, they're done with that look? What leads um, to a cover-up? Breakups. Yeah. Breakups? Yeah, that happens. All my cover-ups or basically I was a broke kid and I was money to pay for the tattoos I really wanted so I just got what I could afford and now I'm going back over and getting, getting them all and getting what I want 
I want to stress that, Kenny, you're not particularly thrilled about being interviewed, and I might be the only person that ever gets your voice on a recording, huh, from what I understand. So you were just laughing that for 40 bucks, that, you, that was your, the tattoo fee then. That was, that was the minimum, and I'd show up every payday with 40 bucks to get a small little tattoo. And who around here did that? Does that person still here? I in Phoenix. I got tattooed. My first one was the guy Tony used to work for, Jim Watson. And then after that, I always got tattooed at the Crawling Squid by an old biker guy. He did most of mine. The Crawling Squid? Yeah. Um, both of those guys are tattoo, Arizona tattoo legends. Yeah, both of them. Um, both and of them tattooed for over 50 years. Both of them tattooed together for a minute, too, didn't yep. they? Yeah, they owned a supply company together in the 70s. They, they, uh, they did a lot of stuff back in the day. So those are the ones you're getting covered up just because you're not real? Yeah. Well, you just didn't know you were going to be yeah. collecting. You, you weren't planning out a bodysuit back then. Right. Opportunity to be tattooed by the people we get tattooed by now also back then. Right. And another thing we were talking about is how you now have it. Now, when I had my tattoo done, Tony wrapped me in what looked like cellophane and told me to put ice on it. Now, you are doing a different... Um, pretty much the same. I'm just going to wrap it with Saniderm. We've just been trying it out. It goes a lot faster and better. Okay, so Saniderm, you said they used for burn victims. I think that's why it was developed, yeah. And you were saying it heals in five days? Okay, Tony, so why don't you kind of describe what's happening if you can? Um, I'm just laying here after drinking a 24-ounce beer, <laughs> getting drilled on. I'm just watching. Now, there are there's an apprentice here, and he was working on his tattoo gun, and it sounded... Abusive compared to this. This is the rotary. The one I used earlier was a coil. Okay. This is the rotary, different motor, a lot quieter. So we're consistent day to day. Is do they give different finishes? They all do the same thing, pretty much. It's just personal choice. The hum gets very um, hypnotic. Yes. I'm starting to lose track of what I'm saying here. So let me kind of describe a little bit where I'm sitting. Um, again, go to the Facebook page so you can see Hold Fast. But it's, it's a room, and you guys have what looks to me like a massage table. It is. And so you lay on the massage table so that the tattoo artist can reach... And you can be comfortable because a tattoo takes usually a little bit of time. And then you just start working. And here we go. What is the, is there an average time for a tattoo? It's just all depends, it depends on how big and how intricate and a whole lot of factors. Do people usually come in more wanting a tattoo? that minute or are are they getting ed, more educated and coming in and wanting more educated for sure uh, more of for a bigger sure. design yeah I, I, i'd say we get as many walk-ins as we get regulars yeah uh, it just depends everyone has different tattoo needs or wants 
Um, we get a lot more serious collectors in this shop than probably others. What do you mean by collector? What is that? Are collecting big pieces from other artists and getting getting bigger, larger work than just coming in and getting a minimum tattoo. So you said they are they are going to specific artists, and so they can have different art pieces on them. From different artists. That's fascinating. How many artists do you have on your... On me, I couldn't even tell you. A lot. A lot. Not even, don't even have a clue. Just my leg alone. Just your leg alone? Figure. Each person, a different person, every tattoo. My whole leg's covered. Figure Kenny and I both are on basically lifelong pursuit of a bodysuit. So a bodysuit is what they term. Full coverage. And uh, we're collecting from lots of different artists. You know, some people, like the, the traditional Japanese style is to, to get a, a large uh, coverage tattoo, bodysuit, whatever, uh, via one artist. But the, uh, the Western way is to collect many tattoos from many artists. And I think both Kenny and myself are mostly on that path. Okay, so there are, those some people that just stick with one person? Yeah, for sure. Like, you're it for me, Tony. Right. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh yeah, those, those stairs. We walks up and down the stairs all the time. People will be sitting on the stairs and they'll park to let something walk through, and there's nothing coming down. They can just feel it. Crazy. I don't want to. I don't want to feel. Nah, he's, it's all good. There's nothing negative <laughs> down here. So, what else can you share about the history of the building? Mm, that's about all I know. They said I was told once that an outlaw hung out in the basement while a posse ran through looking for him. I don't know how true that is. But I was also told that too. So, anybody that comes to Prescott, this it's on Gurley Street, near the creek, actually. So you're on the other side of the creek, yep. right? Yeah, the tunnels never pass the creek. Okay. Have you been in the tunnels? Yes. Junior high, you still get in anything about the junior high at the football field. We go in them as kids, play around. And what we're referring to is Prescott um, used to have tunnels. Where now it was the Chinese laundry tunnels. What? They weren't allowed to walk up top, they'd stay down there. They weren't allowed to walk around downtown. That's crazy, isn't it? Super crazy. So the Chinese would use the tunnels to deliver laundry or to do their laundry, and then they became laundry, yeah. kind of um, a little bit more than that, from what I understand. And I think Prescott should open them up for tours or something. Yeah, it's dangerous down there. Yeah, I bet, I bet there's all sorts of code issues. Oh, I know, but come on. <laughs> there's code issues in the catacombs of Rome, too, but they still do it. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. That would be That's fun. That's all we need tourists from around the ground around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we need. Now, I spoke a little earlier to um, a young man who said he was an apprentice. Do you regularly apprentice people, or is that something unusual? No, or it's, it's not even my our apprentice. It's Jake that works here. It's his apprentice. Okay. Now, Danny said he was an apprentice here. Yep, he was for a while. So how many apprentices do you think you've had through I've here? I've never had one make it. I've tried, what, twice now? Right. What, what do you mean, never have one make it? Never even got the tattoo. What... Do you think happened? What? Um, all different reasons. One of the kids, he was just wanted to party, come here. Uh, Danny, he wanted to fight, you know, yeah. going out at night, Saturday after working here, beating people at parties, telling everybody works at Hold Fast. Yeah. <laughs> so we made him decide, you got to pick one or the other, buddy. Right. And fighting was his heart, so that's where he's at. What is like a regular apprenticeship? This young man said he's been an apprentice for, did he say a year? It was easy. I did a year and a half. His, his isn't exactly like how ours was. Yeah. So what was yours? Ours was more like the biker style. I worked a 40-hour week plus job, and then was at the tattoo shop by 3 till 10 o'clock every night, and then woke up and went to work all day long, 40-hour week job, and did that for a year and a half before I even got the tattoo. What type of things did you do? Just clean, clean, oh, for job-wise? or No. Oh, just clean the shop, clean and draw for everybody, and draw, draw, draw. Never, not, didn't get paid a dime to apprentice, you know, you do it all for free. Learn how to talk to customers. Yep. People skills, work on all that kind of stuff. Get broke down emotionally. <laughs> so you would, they would have you do the drawing? Some, some of it. When, I bet you were thrilled the first time they said, do it. Oh, for sure. What was your very first tattoo? Um, I attended a couple out of the house as a kid, but my first professional one was a sun and moon on the back of a guy's neck, a friend of mine. Was it nerve-wracking? Yeah. I bet. What was your first one? It was a skull. Yeah? Yeah. 
This tattoo is beautiful. I love it. I haven't looked at it yet. It I'll, is. I'll wait to the end. It is so colorful. It's basically the diamond is the canvas for the area, the um, mountains around, the pine. It's amazing. I think you're going to love it. Oh, I'm sure I will. So, Kenny, I'm watching you clean up, and then you and I started having kind of a, what I think is a fascinating conversation. And it started out with you saying, I'm trying not to be too negative here. I'm trying. But tell me, what do you think is happening with the industry? What's going on? You were, you know. It's flooded. There's just too many people wanting to tattoo, too many people eager to teach people to make them money to tattoo. Um, and you were saying that before people would come in and pick Flash. Yeah, on we'd do maybe two custom pieces a week, you know, in the 90s, and everything else is Flash. Now you don't do Flash at all. Everybody's showing you Pinterest tattoos, other people's tattoos, you know, no. So it, there's no respect for the artist. They just want to, they want that piece and they don't care where it comes from. Where it from. comes from. And I always tell people, then go find the person that did that one. Have them tattoo you. Is there any copyright or no? No, and there's people that will just literally, like, Print your stuff right off of Instagram, trace it, and retattoo it. And there's people that do that too. And then you were telling me about um, how uh, the, some, not all, but some tattoo artists come in and they don't even. Oh, you were saying make, make needles. needles. Yeah, what? Make needles, tune machines, all that stuff. All that's no one's learning anymore because now you can buy needles. So th it's the skill, right? Yeah, part of the craft. I mean, if something happens and they can't get a needle, then I, I can make one, you know, real quick. You're right. Ready to tattoo it. Uh, so, the the this beautiful trait of history, and one of the things I also said is when I came in, I noticed another tattoo place on on the street, and you were saying they don't even come in with respect. It used to be that they would you would check in with what was going Just on. Talk to whoever's been running the town, been running most right. of the tattoo shops. They ain't like that no more either, though. Right. Do you think there are still are those though that are like Tony 100%. that are. Coming up with skills that are caring. 100%. You know, yeah. Mario will be the same way. You know, I mean, he's getting... But then there's a lot of people that aren't. Just right. the way it's gone. So if somebody's coming and getting a tattoo, what do you suggest they do to look for a, a place that has crafts? I mean, what do you look for? To find a tattoo's place? Yeah. Yeah, portfolios for one. Cleanliness, portfolios, put price at the bottom of the list. Right. You know, worry about all that other stuff first. Another thing, um, Kenny and Tony is reback jo uh, joined us is that you were saying that um, they kind of romanticized yes. uh, you know, what a tattoo artist does. People think that we just make bunches of money and party when we're not working. I'm going to go home and draw for two hours just so I can tattoo tomorrow. You know? And that's what they don't realize. How, how many hours do you work a day? Mm, depends. Right. Let's see, I had average of 40 a week. Okay, but so then you got to figure the drawing time at night, drawing time for appointments. Yeah. Just and doing homework, yeah, yeah. Not, not even the drawing, just, just referencing your, what you're doing, making sure you're doing it correct, making sure everything's the right way, you know, like certain little things, you know, you, you flip a motorcycle over, now the chain's on the wrong side, that's the kind of stuff you have to watch out for that most people don't watch out for no more. Yeah, so Tony, you'll go home and draw also, because you yeah, kind of I mean, know what you're doing tomorrow? Well, yeah. We're slaves to our appointment book for sure, for yeah. sure. I would think. I would think. If you know what's coming up tomorrow, you have to have things ready. Or the next day is something even bigger. It's going to take a couple, you know, a day or so to draw and get ready. Yeah, when you're, when you're going to start a back piece, you might have to start that thing a couple weeks ahead of yeah. time just, just to get start layout. wrapping your head around the idea and then work yeah. on the layout. Cover up the same way. You could easily put 20 hours into a back piece drawing before you even sit down to tattoo it. 
And you're, we're not getting paid for that. Right. We're only getting paid for a tattoo. Well, I know for me, when you did my tattoo, I was so embarrassed because I didn't realize to tip. Ah, I'm not really No, that. no, but it bugged me, and I thought, where is your common sense? Because, you know, you you tip skill, right? Yeah, I mean, I... We never worry about that. Tips are I do. always appreciated, never expected. You know, right. if, uh, if someone doesn't think to tip or doesn't can't afford to tip that session, no big deal. We're, I mean, we're just happy to make tattoos. Well, in other cultures like Europe, tipping isn't customary. Right. So, so I guess what I'm hearing and is you're kind of losing um, a little bit of the respect, maybe, of the art. Um, and to, uh, Kenny, you were also saying how the internet has kind of almost just really internet and TV. Internet and TV has changed it. Do you think it's going to survive it, or? Oh, for sure, tension will always be around. Yeah. Always be around. Do you think there's a change coming? No, I think it's just going to keep cruising the way it is. Yeah. I don't think there's any uh, major changes coming. I think it's just going to keep evolving and. I mean, if anything, people, I think, are a little more educated on what a good tattoo is. And then I think uh, being in the right place at the right time, and people seem to seek us out for bigger work, and we're able to stay busy doing a lot of bigger tattoos. Not that we just do big tattoos. We get to do a lot of bigger tattoos, though, and uh, it makes it more work for us. But but we're, we're happy to be able to do that every day. I mean, I just yeah. kind of stay in our lane and keep our heads down and keep working. Yeah. <laughs> What is the biggest day. piece you have ever done in one city? I mean, ha- I, I guess you you know you have the body, you, but what is one of the most proudest pieces you've ever done? So many of them over the years. Yeah. It changes so every single day. day. Yeah. Every day. Can't have a favorite. No, and plus we're I mean, we're critical of our own work. So a fish and bobber. I did on Chet. That's probably one of my most <laughs> favorite tattoos I've ever done. A f- why? <laughs> it came out perfect. It's awesome. I just loved it. <laughs> a fishing bobber. I love that. Well, plus that's a cool tattoo. Yeah. But, but I mean, so something, another, another aspect of tattooing that maybe someone outside of it will understand is that we're super critical of our own work. So you, you may feel accomplished with the client walking out the door, but you're still critiquing it and you're never happy with it. You're never going to do a perfect tattoo. You do the perfect tattoo, you might as well quit, you know, like mm-hmm. it never ends. You're, you're always mm-hmm. trying to, uh, push through and, you know, do better work than you've done in the past and. It's a, it's a constant stressor, to be honest. It weighs heavy. Well, I know you've said that before, that you always think, oh, I should have done, or I could have done. Do you feel that, too? All the time, that's how we learn to get better. I beat myself up after every tattoo. Something you could have done a little different, a little better every time. Do you? Are you going to be doing it for absolutely ever? Till my hands fall off. Till your Til hands fall off. Till my eyes or hands go. Kenny and I are going to haunt this place. Yep, I'll tattoo are forever. You? Yeah. <laughs> and you said your brother is a tattoo yes. artist. Yep. What is he older or younger? Younger. He started at sixteen. I'm ten years older. Okay, so did he start because of you? Yeah. That's yeah. kind of cool. He did this arm on me years His ago. His brother. This thing's yeah. probably healed out eight years, but yeah, Kenny, uh, Kenny's brother Clark did this tattoo for me. Well, shout out to you, Clark. He Ma- doesn't deserve it. <laughs> he doesn't. Oh, that's typical. <laughs> typical brother. Thank you for listening to Penny University's Moments on the Skin, Why Do Some of Us Get Tattoos? Please join Deborah and Tony again for the next episode in the fun series. We hope you find us a podcast with value. Until next episode, be strong, wise, and safe.